Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now Bold. And it's Tony Adams put through by Steve Bold. Would you believe it? Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this morning. How are you, Keith? Good morning, Alan. I am fine and in good temperate mood. Oh, excellent. Keith has been supporting Arsenal since 1887. That's absolutely correct, Alan. And in one of my many guises uh, working at the Arsenal, I used to meet and greet the away fans. And those jolly Geordies, I'll never forget them because they'd always bring their whippets and clogs with them and I'd have to uh, obviously look after the whippets while they were watching the match and we would take their clogs off them and give them boots, which they were very grateful for. But uh, it's very difficult uh, looking after 5,000 whippets, as you can imagine. Very, (laughs) very difficult, demanding. It's demanding. You've got to give them back to the right owner, and um, and we used to give the clogs to Spurs fans because they never knew what they were, and uh, I think they actually gnawed on the clogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than wear them. It's that Aston Manager's name, isn't it? And Ange gnawed on the clogs. <laughs> oh, you mean old Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and uh, David Harris is in the Ooh. house. Hello, Hello. General. Hello. Forgotten how much I missed coming after one of Keith's uh, <laughs> intros. <laughs> yes. Hey, do you think the Spurs manager, when he's got his chart balled out and uh, he's doing all the drawings, he goes to the team, do you know what it is yet? Yeah? <laughs> Can you see it? Can you tell me? <laughs> You do what it is, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, look at it. It's warmly in the six-yard box. <laughs> What's going on, guys? We were winning every week. <laughs> Why are we so shit now? <laughs> Neighbours. <laughs> Neighbours. What's that song? This is mine. It's stuck down on my shelf. Where are they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. We've got several months worth of Australian humour backed up wait. in our pipe. <laughs> <laughs> the juicy club pipe coming down the track. Oh, it'd be great if, it'd be great if they changed the cockerel to a kangaroo. <laughs> kangaroo <wouldn't> yeah. <laughs> it would. It would be very good. And if they had a fucking sense of humour over there, that's exactly what they do. Great big changer. Listener, you join us. Uh, we've just, uh, it's the day after we beat a Wolf, Wolverhampton Wanderers at home, 2 1. And a few days before we go to Kenilworth Road for the first time since the year dot. Arsenal yeah. uh, are top of the league and uh, top of their Champions League group. Absolutely annihilated by West Ham in the League Cup, but we'll try to forget that, won't we, Keith? Me and Keith went to that and regretted oh. it. Regretted it from the moment the first goal went in. Why are we here? <laughs> the pitch was so far away from where we were, we couldn't tell who was who, what was what. He only knew what was happening when Declan Rice stood up, and half the crowd wanted to kill him, and half the crowd were cheering him, and it was a very weird night. But we lost that game, and never mind. Uh, we're flying in the league, absolutely flying. And yesterday, uh, Martin Erdegaard deserves, I feel, a special mention for oh. a, uh, a, a stunning performance. I mean, absolutely. He banged his head, didn't he, in training and was didn't know where he was for a couple of games and had to leave yeah, him concussed. out. Yeah, concussed. Oh, that's why he was Yeah, off. I don't know. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they don't give you any detail, do they? No detail. <laughs> They're all over the social media, the Arsenal Football Club, constantly trying to sell you a new tracksuit top or showing you photos of London Colney or Mikel Arteta nutmegging someone. But if so, the captain bangs his head and he's unconscious for a week and we don't know anything about it. We don't know what happened to him. Well, we don't know how he banged his head, though. Exactly. Maybe exactly. <laughs> or who banged it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But I imagine if he, you could just walk into Gabrielle in the shower and lay yourself out, couldn't you? Well, that, that's, that's got a different connotation to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, visual image, I want to have been not more. <laughs> G A B R I E L Gabriel Gabriel G A B R I E L Gabriel FC. No one sings it. It's just me. Well, that's the first time I've heard it. And I sit next to you. I someone, realize... sent, someone sent it to me, and I'll, oh, have to, okay. I'll look it up in a minute and give them a, the uh, credit where credit's due. It's interesting how the away fans have all these fantastic songs, but they don't seem to filter that world back when we play at home. It's like. We're all trying to listen to the words. How does the wacker? What's the wacker wacker song? Wacker wacker hey hey. Wacker wacker hey hey. You know, keep having to listen to songs and get the lyrics right. Minor minor hey hey. Wacker wacker hey hey hey. Sixty million down the drain. Kai Havertz scores again. Scores again. Yes. I just watched the video for it, Keith. Oh yes, it's well worth watching the video. Is it fantastic? Yeah. Havertz is not in it. It's like uh, a Benetton advert. It's, it, yeah, it features it's... the uh, the tax fraud uh, pop star, <laughs> Shakira. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I went to the uh, 2006 World Cup final and she uh, performed uh, before the game. And it was a bit like being at uh, West Ham's ground. She was so far away. Was, I mean, ve- barely visible to the human eye. And I thought, this Shakira's down there. Shaking her hips, then she got into a relationship with Gerard Piquet, the royalty yes. of uh, Catalonia, and they were the posh and becks of Catalonia. And uh, it, it seems like everyone at Barcelona was evading tax, and she got caught up in that. And this week has had to pay seven million euros. Waka waka, hey hey, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and didn't Ramos give her an award or something recently? What, the pay tax? Yeah, uh, a pay tax, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the Spanish government have done. You pay Ramos directly. Yeah. I don't want to say Spanish culture is bent. I don't want to say that. But, no, well, good. But um, it is. Habitually <laughs> <laughs> corrupt. Which is why Robin Van Persie got sent off. But let's not dwell in the past. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> let it go. Uh, let it go. We must let it go. We must focus on. Uh, now, we haven't recorded one of these for a year and a half. Uh, we, we recorded a lot in the pandemic. Uh, we recorded every week. I think we did 55 weeks in a row. I think I'm right in saying. Uh, we had more fun recording when there was no football on or when uh, you couldn't go in the ground. Uh, uh, also, I had a pretty woeful time in the pandemic, apart from in the FA Cup, where we were absolutely fantastic and we won the FA Cup uh, back in 2020. At the beginning of last season, I went down to Crystal Palace. Uh, first game of the season was on a Friday. I think the TV company probably hoped we were going to do what we did at Brentford the year before. Um, we had lost. Uh, we had lost three 0 to Palace in April, the previous season, uh, the 2022 20, season. So I went down, met Kevin Day, our mate Kevin, a Palace uh, fan, and had a drink before the game, and he was absolutely purring about Patrick Vieira. He was purring about him, and Roy Hodgson had left, and when he left, several players left, several were on loan, several were older players out of contract. A whole new team had appeared overnight with a new manager, and they were playing progressive passing football, and they loved it, and they loved him. And every time he spoke to the media, he seemed calm and thoughtful and intelligent, and I just thought, oh, I'm I'm jealous. I want Patrick Vieira to be our manager. He's just the greatest player we ever had in the centre of midfield. And I and why is he at Palace? And, and our manager was all over the shop, jumping around like a jackrabbit in a technical area and falling out with players. And we'd blown getting in the Champions League. But someone at the club saw something in the bloke and they gave him a three-year deal and a hell of a lot of money to spend. So we turned up at Sellers Park, game kicked off, and I'm slightly envious of them having Patrick Vieira. And by the end of that match, that match marked the debuts of Zinchenko, Saliba and Jesus. And the other thing that's slightly forgotten was the first time ever Ben White played at right back. And we had this whole new look back four with White, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko. Partey in the midfield, Erdegaard was looking good. He made him the captain, which turned out to be an absolute masterstroke because he's, he's just taken that responsibility and he's made him a different man almost. Uh, the belief shown in him. 
We won that game comfortably. The, all around me, the away fans were fully on board with the, with the process. They absolutely love Super Mick, which I still think sounds like a, super, a supermarket you could find on holiday. <laughs> go, down, go down to Super Mick and get some food in. <clears throat> and I was uh, converted uh, that night. I mean, it was really like an epiphany. And we went on a run then that season last year. We didn't podcast during it. I'd kind of gone off podcasting and moaning about Super Mick and going round and round saying the same things. Plus, we were seeing one another all the time anyway. We were going to the games again. It was all back. It was all happy. And Arsenal were back, properly back. No more hoping, no more, no more false dawns. We were properly back. Mikel had served his apprenticeship under Pep Guardiola. He'd done a couple of ropey years, got through the pandemic and got through falling out with some players and got and, and forced his way into control of the club, backed up with serious, serious money. And they went out and they bought such good players, incredibly good players. And I thought, this is, this is what's happened. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah. no one saw it coming. And the atmosphere in the stadium... The atmosphere in the stadium was great and no one saw it. No one at the beginning of last season called Arsenal to win the league. And in the end, I honestly think if the Queen hadn't died, we would have won the league. (laughs) (laughs) And I hold her responsible. (laughs) (laughs) Because that Man City fixture got moved from the autumn to the spring. And they weren't doing so well at that time and we were flying. And then by the time we played at the Emirates... They just took us apart, and then they took us apart again. And Saliba had, had been Saliba injured. Saliba well. was injured. And, and that it. was the one mistake I think he made at quarterfinal uh, Europa League, and he played Tommy Asu and Saliba, and he didn't need to. He didn't need to. Listen, if we'd have beaten them that night, that would have been okay, but we weren't that bothered about going out, and we lost two players that night. Yeah, and bad, bad luck that night. Two players, bad. two big players, and... Um, we should have played other players. He, he wouldn't have mattered if we'd have gone through on that that night. You'd have still have had Juventus to play in the semi-finals. So I would have taken a hit going out the Europa League and concentrate on the uh, league. Uh, but, the thing is, I don't think he was, and you, this is probably more evident with how he's been treating Saka. He's. It's like we've got to do this. We can't hide from those games. He's sort of slightly reluctant to do that. I think. Yeah, but and, we do. And occasionally, have it will bite it. you on the arse, like that yeah, game. It, it did. Also, when we played West Ham away last year, uh, Saka shouldn't have played. He was in the red zone. Reese Nelson was coming through, and Reese could have played that. Reese is a good cover man. When you're listen, I get it. You want to play Saka against Manchester City or Liverpool's United. But, you know, West Ham away, Reese Nelson wouldn't have let us down. Well, that was a shame, that West Ham game, and Saka missed that pen. uh, There were lots of things that conspired in the end, and we we came up short, but still, we were were fantastic. And we had a young side, and I I really felt gutted because you did slightly feel like there's a window of opportunity here with Liverpool were off the boil United are woeful Chelsea were having a terrible season uh, but City was still there uh, they were still there they haven't taken any points off them yet uh, they've gone after Everton I mean that's really shooting fish in a barrel isn't it? I don't know why they bothered with them um, so they're still there and they picked us this season I didn't know what was going to happen and we've signed Declan Rice I was in America in the summer and I went to the pre-season friendly against Man United and Rice was there in midfield. He, I mean, he's a massive player and he's an athlete and he's a powerhouse and he's good on the ball. But he looked ponderous and slow. He didn't look like an Arsenal player. He didn't look like Thomas Partey, that quick give-and-go, give-and-go all game that he does, Partey. And it took him a few weeks, I think, Declan Rice, to really settle in. And now Partey's only started three games and he's out injured again. And now I honestly think in the last two, three games, the penny's really dropped for Declan Rice in the yeah. centre of midfield. Oh, he's looking at command. And he Liga, looks mate. absolutely superb. He, he was really, immense yesterday. Yeah. He was massive. He was really good at Brentford. He was really good against Lons. And it's taken him, even a great player like him, and he obviously is a great player. You could just see it. That's £100 million spent. But someone who might, with any luck, play for 10 years for us. Even a great player like that, it takes a while to settle in. It took Kai Havertz a while 
to settle in. It's a new teammates, it's a new system, it's a new... But you can see the quality. You know he's got the quality. You know he looks sometimes with his touch is like Van Persie. Is that good? Similarly, with his, he's chosen a new goalkeeper. He looked jittery and jumpy. It takes a while when you join a new club. Not everyone hits the ground running. It took Martin Erdegaard a year yeah. before we saw what he could do. Also, and I think we should acknowledge Granite. What a season to go on. Suddenly, yes. new Granite Xhaka. It was his best season for Arsenal last season. It was his last season. he was playing in the right position. Well, no, but I mean... It, it, it was playing a long way from our goal. And that's where we always wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said for years he should have played up top. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Far away from the goal. And he's, do, he's doing well in Germany now, isn't he? Yeah. So. No, no. But I mean, what a lovely story I thought that that was with Granite finally getting the love, uh, finally not messing up all the time. But yeah, the I think this change in... How long did it take Xhaka to, uh, you know, it took a long time for him to sort of like find his role, find the right well, place for him. it took a long time for Mikel to work out what he was doing. I mean, yeah. for a while he was trying, he was playing Xhaka on the left midfield and he was dropping into a back three with Kieran Tierney overlapping. He, he, he played him left back sometimes. He played two pivots, single pivot. He changed so many things all the time, Mikel. Yeah. He kept tinkering about with it, trying to get, get something going. And eventually, as I say, at Crystal Palace, it was the first day of last season, he landed on this 4-3-3 and, and it's, we hasn't looked back. But I must say, I mean, we haven't mentioned properly yet, uh, Bakaya Saka is oh, out of this world. Yeah, He's out of this world. We were talking in the pub last night about all the great number sevens and thinking about Liam Brady, who's my idol, and... Uh, Rocky Rowcastle and Robert Perez, even Alexis Sanchez guy I mentioned in passing. He wasn't there for long, but he was brilliant. And he's right up there in those in that category of all-time greats at Arsenal. And he, what is he, 12? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the one player when he gets the ball, is that vibe you get around the stadium that something's going to happen, you know, invariably. And... He always does. And if he's not scoring himself and he scores some great goals, he he makes them. So, so the assists are always there. It's just I yeah. We the uh I think it was the second or third goal against Lons. Uh and he set up Gabriel Jesus. And we couldn't really see it, but uh me and Ty were watching and going, Did he did that just bounce to Gabriel Jesus? And then we saw the replay later, and I actually messaged T going, he meant that. And he got yeah, his foot he got in. his leg in there and scooped it the ball. Two brilliant. enormous defenders there, yeah. and he got his foot in and scooped it. He's very, very strong, isn't he? Well, exactly. I think he's getting stronger all the time. There was a couple of occasions yesterday, and he's just not, he's not allowing people to bully him. And I, it was yeah. a great assist at Brentford for Kai Havertz's goal. And, and the way he created his own goal yesterday, the Wolves were very quick to double up on him. This is what everybody's doing now. We double up on Saka, we double up on Martinelli, we blunt Arsenal. And Saka sort of flipped the ball between his two markers to Jesus, ran round them. The ball went, then went to Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu slipped him in. He then ran past two more defenders. So now behind him are four Wolves defenders and he's in on the goalkeeper in a heartbeat. And of course he finishes. His finishing is fantastic. That's what's good to see that Tommy Asso has a great relationship with Saka and so does Ben White. They have this brilliant understanding. So if one player is out, you know when you bring Ben White on, he's immediately going to be in tune with Saka as well, which I think is, is amazing. You know? Yeah, it is. It's, it's very good. But the key, I think, the key to the whole thing is... Is Erdegaard and he's uh, he's really is a couple of the things he did yesterday. Little through balls, one for Trossard with a little step over and a flick. I don't know how he did oh. it. <laughs> I don't know. And then another one, little dink through that was, you know, you hesitate to to Eddie. To, to you you had you hesitate to compare people, you know. But he he brings to mind Burkamp and he brings to mind Özil. Just that ability. To do something that no one else can do. No one else can find that angle, find that weight. And he really looks on the song. And there are key players in our team. The centre-back partnership is massive. They're immense. There are key players, Saliba, Erdegaard, 
Saka in particular, that if we keep them fit, we can go all the way. We could win the league this year. And the reason we're top is we beat Man City, and that is what we couldn't do last year. Mm. And, uh, you know, sometimes when it's like this, you just want to fast forward to the end of the season. It's almost not enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's enjoyable watching them. But you think, oh, are we going to get pipped again? Are they going to nick it again? Oh, are we, are we, is it going to happen? You know, because honestly, Liverpool are very good. They bought, they bought well, spent a lot of money on some very good players. And Mo Salah's out of this world. But I think we can finish above them. Uh, I don't think they're as good at the back as, as as we are, and I just—it's just this city thing, you know. It's just—it's just, it's just uh, like a cloud over the whole league, isn't it? So, and this must be what it must have felt like for Liverpool fans for about five years, because really, in another life, Liverpool would have had five titles in a row, and Jurgen Klopp would have been lauded as one of the greats up there with Ferguson. And as it was, they just had, they got ninety-eight points and didn't win the league. I, I mean, know, you know. That was the, that's the first time that's ever happened, isn't it's it? It's a joke, you know? yeah. But, uh, well, we shall see. Actually, the re-emergence of Liverpool could benefit us if we, of course, beat them, because they could take points off the of city. Well, they did the other day, didn't yeah. they? And, yes. that, what, and what I liked about that, after that 1-1, was that we went down to Brentford and knew we had to win, and what a nightmare game it is against Brentford, and they're all behind the ball. It's funny enough, when the following match was Lons, and Lons are a good side, all the teams in the Champions League fancy themselves, right? They've all had a good year the year before, they all know how to play, and they came to it, they've beaten us on their own ground, and they came to the Emirates and they fancied it, they had more possession. And uh, if teams are going to do that in the Champions League, we could go deep in that competition, because there's so much space to, to go for them. And uh, Lons, six goals. Now, I wasn't at the game. I had a stinking cold and uh, stayed at home and watched it. But I was told that there were lots of flares oh, yeah. being thrown up into the upper tier there above. Was one. There was one. And it did it did go right up into the yeah, upper tier. Into yeah. the club level. All I want to know is how they get them in the stadium. I mean... I don't know. Um, how do you, I don't know how you get a flare in the ground. I don't even know where you get a flare from. Well, I'm, maybe I'm we could out, ask our listeners, how do you get loop. a flare into this stadium? <laughs> I mean, camping stores, I'd imagine. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah camping yeah. stores, yeah. There was that thing at 2-0 yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah well, we thought we were going to win 6-0 again, didn't we? Well, yeah, but Wolves are very good. Yeah. Wolves were really good. I was very impressed with Gary Neal and what he's done there. But it's that complacency... Well, not quite. We weren't complacent, I don't think. But that that thing of right, we'll we're playing this dynamite football. We'll try these things, and when you don't get that third, there's always that little niggle, and that was our downfall last year as well. Well, that 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 was the thing yesterday. Martinelli hit hits the post. If that goes in three nil, the game is over. We we can relax, and we said at halftime the only way this can go south if we give them a goal, and which is what we did. And then, you know, we could have made it 3-1. And then it was a little bit tense. But in fair play, after they got the goal, there wasn't too many No, we did. Moments. We saw uh, it out. Uh, listen, you play Champions League midweek, and it does. Yeah. it's going to eat into your energy reserves. And it is a bit hairy. And they've put on a lot of stoppage time arrests now. <laughs> you know, they scored four minutes from the end, and they were still, they played eight minutes over the 90 yeah, I mean, and then a couple more. You know, I was, I was, at one point, I saw Declan Rice, he was, he was clearly saying to the ref, how long are you going to play, mate? How mm. long are we going to have to do this for? Because, you know, this game's finished, isn't it? And it reminded me of the Sheffield United uh, lost at, at Tottenham earlier in the season. I turned on, oh, the, yeah. on my uh, the BBC Sport app and it was Sheffield United a goal up and it said 90 plus seven. And I was thinking, holy shit, Tottenham have lost at home to Sheffield United. And they played 12 or 13 minutes over. Yeah. And they scored twice and won. You know, I don't know. I sort of, I, I, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of the time wasting, but I'm not also not a fan of 10, 12 minutes over. It's mad. Well, especially when you see the clock running down and you've seen the, the six minutes go up and now it's now showing eight minutes. And you go, well, where's that extra two? Yeah. Well, you've had it, it was... on two minutes in stoppage time. But yeah. there were four substitutes in 
injury time. <clears throat> so I think that's where it came from. Um, but it's interesting. That ref's a bit of a knob, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he? He sort of tries. He's new, new kid on the block. He's trying to be authoritative, authoritative, and um, well, is yeah. it good? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> you know, we were saying this just before we went on to start the pod. You know, I was trying to fire up my Zoom thing and everything went pear shaped, and I'm shouting at the computer, and Linda's going, "Calm down." <laughs> And, and you said, Alan, this, what it, this is oh, what it must be like. Listen, you know. we're on a little Zoom call here and we were trying to, we have to record locally and trying to get quick time up and running and doing this. And I says, this is what it must be like at Stockley Park. That absolute shambles. And and some of this audio that's come out, <clears throat> we were, let's not talk about the Newcastle one. I mean, obviously that was, the ball's out of play and it was a foul and, you know, I don't know how they gave that goal. But what, what, when you hear the audio, you think, well, this is a total shambles. As it was when uh, Liverpool had that goal against them at Tottenham. Yeah. You could it's see, like you could see his up, offside. Uh, it's like your dad putting up the Christmas tree lights. <laughs> They're working lots. You've been playing with these. I mean, I've been, been in the thing for 11 months and now I'm getting the... Let's have a go. You know... That's what that audio was like. What? Who? Where? Stockley Park put up a Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) Should get them like a Viz Viz cartoon. (laughs) Should get them doing things, should they? Get them on DIY (laughs) SOS. Stockley Park do some repointing. And they're talking about having it for throw-ins and corners. Oh my God, we'll never get down the pub, will we? You know, you're looking at the clock and thinking, hang on, you know, if they do bring in VAR for everything, what's this no point anymore? Well, you don't mind if they get it right, but... You know. Yeah, well... i tell you I'm what was seen. quite interesting. Um, Lewis Dunk got sent off. It, didn't he get two yellow cards for dissent in in one Very minute? Very quickly, yeah. yeah. And you could say, I'd love to have, him to have been mic'd up oh. and heard what he said. Oh. Because that's the first time for a long Can time... Can we make an some... appeal to Lewis Dunk? Just, will you yeah. please publicly go on, your, go on the gram or wherever you do your business and tell yeah. us what you said to that bloke, because that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, really, really funny. Anthony Taylor, wasn't it? <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now, listen, I went on the, our uh, Twitter feed for the first time in a very long time uh, at not you bentley uh, both of our follows are there yeah <laughs> sorry sir <laughs> yes um uh, when they brought their goalkeeper on yesterday yes Wolves, d bentley yes not you bentley. guess what tayo shouted yes. when he was did he shout on. not you bentley he did he shouted it not you bentley yes it was quite a nice moment <laughs> There you go. Sorry. My absolute favourite. Uh, in case yeah. you've forgotten, listener, we played Blackburn Rovers at home many years ago and they knocked us out a couple, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, we applauded them off. Happens once a season. We applaud an opponent off and uh, we're applauding their players. And David Bentley was playing for them and Ty went, Not you, Bentley! <laughs> anyway, that's our Twitter feed. And I put our uh, email address up there Tuesday Club Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I've had quite a few uh, emails have come in, and I'll rattle through them. Uh, Jesse Howard has emailed with an anagram. Uh, Declan Rice, uh, car decline, AC decliner, and cancer deli. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabrielle Martinelli, illimitable ranger. Now I think what is happening is Whoa. that people have found some have found that they can just put these into a, an app, an, an app, and they. Can, come up uh, Leand- uh, this is from Martin Green Leandro Trossard is an anagram for Dr Anal Rod Tosser <laughs> <laughs> oh that one's gonna that one's gonna stick <laughs> and that's probably gonna be at the uh, Secret Santa <laughs> at the Christmas party this year it probably oh, will oh let's stick with Dr Anal Rod Tosser for a while <laughs> now I've got an email from uh, Adrian Sinjin B uh, who emailed me a long time ago now um, about Arteta, and he called him Artwatter. Uh, 
He is so unlikable. He's so arrogant. It pains me to see such a twat at the helm of our club. Um, he's talking about Eddie and Katia's performance after he beat Leeds. This is a long time ago. Uh, he totally deserved it. This is Arteta saying this. He has other players who play in that position and he has a personal situation, but I try to leave that aside. It's the sort of thing that Mikel used to say, if you remember. Why make a snide comment and reference to something that's clearly a personal situation? Said uh, Adrian. And then he wrote back, he wrote to me again and he said, oh, all he said is, I was so very wrong. <laughs> That's all he said. Oh. Uh, that was at the end of last season. And I wrote back to him. I said, yeah, you were both wrong and right. He was a dick at times, but they're all playing for him. And we are a good side these days. So there's a lot of people having to look back and think, what was I saying? Well, I think we all had a, had a dig and we're only, we're, let's be honest, we're, we're all wrong. I mean, I love the way he speaks now. I mean, the Brentford game. When uh, on match of the day, they said you didn't. Arsenal weren't as fluid, weren't as good. And Mick went, "Are you for real?" He said, "They don't make it easy." He said, "I thought we were great," and he was absolutely right. We carried, we didn't give up. We carried on trying. Brentford don't roll over. They're at home. You know, you can't always be beating teams six nil. Oh, and what he's done at our club with the atmosphere. I mean, <clears throat> last year that Bournemouth game. I have, when Reese Nelson got that third in, I mean, the place went mental. Even the, the directors and the people who never normally celebrate, they were going crazy. That was great. Like, that moment was know, great. We were two down fantastic. in 10 minutes or something, weren't we? I mean, this, we did have a chat in the pub the other day about Aaron Ramsdale, who, who, let's not forget, was voted into the PFA Team of the Year last year by by the Premiership players, his fellow players, uh, which puts him ahead in the eyes of the Premier League footballers. It puts him ahead of Edison and Allison and Jordan Pickford and Nick Pope and David Raya. And it, they voted him the best keeper in the league last year. I thought he was the best keeper in the league. And some of his saves have been absolutely astonishing. Yeah. And uh, we were trying to work out why on earth you would destabilise that situation by bringing in another keeper. And uh, all we could think of was was when he gave the ball away against Southampton and they scored. And I had it in my head that Mikel, after that game, probably didn't sleep for four or five days and holds uh, Ramsdale responsible because that is really the only mistake I can think of and he and Raya came and he looked frightened and Ramsdale played the other day at Brentford and he looked his confidence which is he lives off his shot and I couldn't understand there's still one fly in the ointment for me that I've not been able to understand Raya's confidence has grown he looked very confident yesterday he looked happy to be there and you know he's obviously a good goalie but I really I'm so baffled by by the choice, you know. It's the, our goalkeeping coach used to be Raya's goalkeeping coach, right? And he knows him, and he obviously rates him. And maybe they thought this will improve the team, and perhaps they'll be proven right. They they've been proven right with most of the signings in the last little year or two, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it's it, interestingly, I have kept thinking trying to work out what it is you're yeah. probably yeah, you know I'm sure you're right is that giveaway against uh, Southampton but I wonder whether and ironically Arteta looks is Ramsdale too emotional I always thought that chest thumping thing about Ramsdale was one of his great was a great credit to him and after Leno who seemed quite passive, you're thinking, right, this is good. That none shall pass attitude and saved us a few times where he's flying around, blocking shots and what have you. And I wonder whether, ironically, they're going, actually, he's too emotional. Maybe you need Reyes calm. Maybe he doesn't like him giving stick to opposition fans while the ball's still in play and what have you. I don't know. Look, I, It's an edge scratch. I don't it's know. It's a head scratch. I don't get it. Um, I, I know now that we've got two excellent keepers at the club, so yeah, we're probably uh, going to need them, aren't we? What, what, who was the guy who was fantastic uh, in the charity shield and then got injured first game? What was he? His name? Uh, Timber. Timber. Jurian, Jurian Tim, Timber. Yeah, I mean, he, that was a, 
he looked like somebody, oh, yeah, he's going to be amazing and, you know, just our luck. Is he on the road to recovery? It's, a, long, it's yes. a long term. It's a long term one. Uh, but he'll be back, uh, hopefully, towards the end of the season. Uh, Jamie Cox has emailed me. Afternoon, Tuesday Clubbers. Uh, this isn't necessarily an example of Teddy Sheringham directly being a prick. But hey, <laughs> Teddy's back. <laughs> he definitely still so managed to do some damage. Cast your mind back to the heady days of the late 90s, I think, and the heyday of shit football-themed experiences. Football-themed experiences. I don't remember these. Myself, my mum and dad and my older brother were out for dinner at a football-themed restaurant for the aforementioned brother's birthday. I think it was called Football Football, but the entire thing was a total shambles and didn't last very long. At the end of what I can only assume was a genuinely horrifying culinary experience for us all, especially my mother, as a very talented cook, Someone who could not give a fuck about football. The birthday boy was assured he was in for a real treat as a star England player had recorded a message for him. My dad sat up with interest. We had warned the restaurant that we were a family of Arsenal season ticket holders. We were hoping for Big Tony Adams, maybe even Ian Wright. On a gigantic projector screen popped the smug face of well-known bastard Teddy (laughs) Sheridan. Wishing my shell shop brother a happy birthday. My memory tells me my dad threatened the waiter. <laughs> As my brother burst into tears. <laughs> this may well be rose tinted glasses, but it just goes to show what I see you next Tuesday. Sheringham truly is that even over a pre recorded video, he has the ability to generate such hatred. <laughs> oh, superb. Oh, no, we, love, we love that. You can't really blame Terry too much for that, okay? I mean, directly being nasty. No, you no, know, he no. thought he was doing a good thing. But this is, this is the point of the story. <laughs> Even doing a good <laughs> deed. He comes out He bad. just ruins people's evening. <laughs> we should also talk about, I mean, unfortunately, our Martin Erdegaard, I've got a brand new Martin Erdegaard, didn't quite catch. I've got a brand new yeah. Martin Erdegaard. I'll give you the key. No. Dun, dun, dun. None of our Sadly. songs have ever caught on. No. Even the Kieran Tierney, which Kieran if ever there was Tierney, an own goal. He came um, down. It was so cold in the stadium yesterday that when the subs were warming up, they had about five coats on each. I mean, you couldn't tell who was warming up. You can tell Havertz because he's very long and lanky. And you could sort of recognise Jorginho because he he's always yelling. <laughs> but yeah. but I, did, I, did, so I, was, I did say to the person next to me, this is Kieran Tierney would be down there in a pair of shorts, wouldn't he? <laughs> He'd be, he would be, this is absolutely... How the hell is he coping at Real Sociedad? He must be absolutely baking all the time. He's sitting there with his feet in an ice bucket. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how do you play on us? Oh, my God! <laughs> but I, I can tell you why none of our songs catch on, because if you look at the age demographic of our away fans, I don't think the Wurzels would be in their record. <laughs> what do you mean? No. <laughs> no, they've or got... Or Paul, Paul, Paul McCartney, for that matter. Yeah, Fair enough. just can't say it somehow. Now, this, you know. uh, I've got an email from Paul S. Um, he's got a little quiz for us. Uh, there was a time uh, last season, well, the last time we were recording, when I used to refer to Super Mick as El Caldeo, uh, a Spanish term meaning a strong uh, leader or warlord, but also famously um, the nickname for uh, General Franco, who was a terrible, terrible man. Someone did actually email me and say, you're offending the Spanish people, but no Spanish people have been offended in the making of this podcast. (laughs) Uh, None none listen to it. But anyway, uh, El Caudillo is mentioned because Paul S. has come up with a quiz. El Caudillo or El Caudillo. And (laughs) there's a series of... uh, Sentences here, and your task is to say Excellent. who said it. Was it oh, Mikel Arteta? Oh, I like these. Was it Mikel Arteta or General Franco? <laughs> <laughs> it's an inspired idea. Yeah, inspired. Uh, uh, very grateful to all all quizzes we love to receive here at the Tuesday Club. I can't promise when we'll next recall. Maybe it'll be every eighteen months. But if do send a quiz in anyway. Uh, okay, number one. Who said this? I am responsible only to God and history. 
I really hope it's General Franco. <laughs> you should say Franco, but actually I want it to be Mick as well. Uh, well I, I can see that in a team too. Uh, it is Franco, but I can see Super Mick nodding sagely to that. Yes, uh, I am also responsible. Now I'm no longer working for Pep. I'm only responsible yeah. to God and history. Uh, number two. We do not rule out that it will change in the future, but for now, it is. Arteta oh. or Franco? <laughs> I think that says Super Mick. Yeah, I'm going Mick. You're going on Mick that. on that one. Well, that yeah, is that is, uh, that is General Franco. <laughs> 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 Number three. After winning, it is hard not to go to not winning. Well, it's Arsene Wenger. Yeah, it does say Arsene Wenger. It feels like a misquote. I don't know if there's a typo in there. Yeah. Uh, that's Arteta. Uh, Arteta said. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, number four. Uh, could, this is a sentence that could be just applied to Stockley Park. But um, who said it? It's true. They have everything. Everything except reason. <laughs> who said Why? that? Arteta Super Mick. Or, or Franco. <laughs> I'll go Franco. Oh, it's Frank. division, division in the ranks. Uh, uh, it is Franco. Keep is correct. Keep takes the lead there. Nips in front. I, 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 I'm firmly in the belief that Franco would have made a very good football manager yeah. as opposed to a dictator of a country. <laughs> well, his, his principal use for, for football stadiums was to take people to them in the hundreds and have them executed. So, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. Uh, it's not, anyway. Uh, number five. The challenge is how to be better than the day before. Arteta or Franco? I'm Super Mick. Super Mick. That is Mick. Super Mick. This yeah. one, another one uh, that could be applied to the Stockley Park. Uh, can we consent to the shameful spectacle we are presenting to the world for one more day? Oh, Franco or Arteta or the PGMOL? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll go Franco. I'm going Arteta. It is Franco. Equaliser yeah. there. Number six, <laughs> I am the solution. Uh, oh. <laughs> Can we just say both? <laughs> both. Uh, I'm going Mick. I'm going to go Mick. I'm going to go Franco. That was Mick said that. Oh! Mick said it. Mick said, I am the solution. I am the solution. Uh, yeah. oh. and, uh, that, I remember him saying it. It was in reference yeah. when he fell out with Aubameyang. Uh, supposedly um, had an actual fight with him on the training ground in front of everybody. I mean, really, Aubameyang made him made him very very angry indeed. And and he was a star player, the captain of the club. He went and scored the goals that got Barcelona into the Champions League. We didn't qualify for the Champions League. A lot a lot of us were saying, "What is going on? Why can't he? This is a disaster." But he was oh, right. I wish that I he wish was that right. Been- I wish that had been filmed and then you could do a voiceover. Leave it, Mick, with all that a drink. It's <laughs> not worth it. it. Worth it. It's gold-plated Lamborghini. <laughs> uh, number seven. I say this to you because we Spaniards are a forgetful people, because we are used to living for the moment, because we do not look back, because we do not know how to see the chain of heroes, because we do not contemplate the sum of sacrifices. Oh, I'm going Franco. Parkes. I'm going Shakira. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I Franco. think that's Franco. <laughs> that is Pep Guardiola. No, that is Franco. Yeah. What I've learned mostly is that you have to be ruthless. Oh, Arteta or Franco? Well, we just heard him. Be, we just heard a story being ruthless. So yeah. I'm going to go Super Mick. Yeah, Super Mick too. Yeah, yeah. it is Mick. Uh, it's actually there's more to the sentences. What I've learned mostly is that you have to be ruthless and you have to be consistent. Uh, so the, that's what he's learned mostly, presumably about being a football manager. And put the boot in first. Yeah. If you're kicking, yeah. if you're kicking your star striker, whilst he's on the ground. What? Uh, uh, now, number eight. Every day is important. Every act is important. The secret is that the people have to believe what you are trying to deliver. The pe- the people have to believe. Arteta or Franco? That could really be both as well. <laughs> could, couldn't it? I'll go with Franco because he says the people. Yeah. Yeah, but but then... But 
I'm yeah. going Super Mick because he might mean us, the fans. Yeah, it's it, it is Super Ooh. Mick. It is Super Mick. Wow. Super Mick. Oh, yeah. wow. It's Super Mick. Uh, number book. 10. You must sacrifice every thought, every ideology for the greater good. Oh, it's got to be Franco. Here. It's got to be Franco. It is Franco. It is Franco. Yeah. And finally, uh, number 11. I feel embarrassed, but I have to be the one now coming here to try to defend <laughs> the club and please ask for help because it's an absolute disgrace that this goal is allowed. It's an absolute disgrace. Mm, it's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> Franco. <laughs> yeah, definitely Franco. Yeah, uh, he got upset at that match. He was very annoyed. That's we all work. When they yeah. said yeah. when when uh, Joe Willock um, chased that ball down and kept it in play and then crossed it back in, they said they didn't have a definitive angle to see if it had gone out of play or not. You know, in other words, the overhang of the ball on the line. If you were, if you had a satellite, if you had a drone up, you know. But but if you don't have that, if you don't have that angle, you don't. Then you've got to go with what people have been using to referee football matches for 150 years. Your eyes in your head, and if your eyes in your head say to you, look, the ball's over the line. There's actual green grass between the line and the ball. Everybody watching on television could see that. Well, how can you be in a situation where you disallow the evidence provided by your own eyes? We used to hold up a pair of glasses and say, tell the ref he was blind. He should have gone to Specsavers. Use your eyes then. If you don't have the definitive camera angle from your 98 cameras, have a look at it. It's out of play. You can see the the green grass between the ball and the line. It's gone out. Yeah. I was a bit annoyed with Raya because he went beyond the near post, just like he did at Chelsea, and the ball went over his head. I don't know why. I, I think he was sort of triggered by Willock running towards the goal and he maybe felt a goal attempt was coming. So he went as if to close Willock down, whereas he should have just stayed with inside his post and then he easily would have palmed that cross out easily. And I was a bit annoyed with Gabriel... He needed to be stronger. There was a moment yesterday where Gabriel held off a Wolves player with such strength on the halfway line. And he, because he, he wanted to fight that guy and he wanted to beat him and he, and he wanted to get a free kick for us. And he held him. I mean, he could have had three men on his back, Gabriel, then, and he wasn't going to fall down. He's an immensely strong man. The only man in the Football League who's stronger than him is Saliba. <laughs> he, he just he felt Joe Linton's hands on his back and he I don't know why he felt he needed to be stronger in that situation well Joe Linton is quite he's a massive a man he's a, <laughs> he's he, is, he is a unit <laughs> so you would feel those two hands coming flying at you yeah yeah it seems a I, foul it was a foul the I ball was out play and it was a foul in, I still think it was offside as well what about the one we had at Brentford where Jesus jumps in the that. air and heads the ball and the goalkeeper saves it, Trossard gets the rebound. And they drew a line of measuring it from Jesus's foot when he's jumping in the air. Yeah. He's not in control of where his foot is. Trossard, how's Trossard meant to think, am I in front or behind? With well, the bloke's flying through the air, heading the ball. It's, it, Trossard's clearly trying to stay on side. And by the naked eye, he's level. You give his big toe offside there and disallow a goal. It's hard enough scoring down there. Stop ruling out goals for two centimetres of boot. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be at least a foot off. Anything within 30 centimetres or half a metre, that's a grey area, right? And, you know, you've got to, with the naked eye, the guy's level. I keep seeing it time and time again, these stupid calls with something an inch offside. It's, it's, it's a, how's a player meant to stay on how can you you know you're running you're, someone's jumping you're running you're trying to be level no one's seeking an advantage in that situation no one's trying to cheat anyone he's actually trying to stay on side while his mate's jumping and you've called him off farcical no the whole VAR thing is total, total rubbish I've said it 
I'm sure I've said this before, but you look at other sports, uh, cricket, tennis, rugby, all used to be run by old majors in blazers, and yet they got the technology right. Football, absolutely getting it wrong every time. Well, still, in For the me, end, yeah. it comes down yeah. to someone's opinion, doesn't it, in the end? Yeah. And I think unless it's really, you know, if you're going to say to me, oh, Trossard's off there, but if you're saying, oh, no, well, we've measured where his boot is while his mate's jumping and he's... And we're disallowing the goal for it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's a, mis- I mean, it's a misuse of the technology. The, the, the tech, the, for me, it should be like the guy is clear. There's clear daylight between him and the defender. That's when he's offside. When it, If it's his nose or his lips or the badge on his shirt that's offside, forget about it. That's rubbish. And we've seen perfectly fantastic goals wiped off and, you know, from every team in the Premier League, and it's a disgrace. It's, a, you know. it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. uh, Andrew Doughty uh, is back uh, with uh, some anagrams. Andrew's the king of the anagram. Uh, of course, uh, responsible for Old Big Horn and many other classics. And uh, he's come up with quite a few for us here. Uh, Declan Rice, clean cider. Hey, I've been here from down here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, wet. <laughs> She's on the chopper old bit Got headphones on, still hear her. She's upstairs. Keith. Oh, she called me a good one two weeks ago. This is a warning for any man. You know where your wife's talking to her, but you're not listening. You're not listening, you're going, yes, dear, yes, dear. She says to me, How's she going to the field? I went, Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm watching the TV. She's all women's production. Yeah, okay, I don't care. Bang. What she didn't say, and I should have read the terms and conditions, that it was amateur dramatics, right? <laughs> right? Amateurly written, right? I don't belong to some art centre in Brentwood. And when I'm at something, I'm not saying that it's bad, but when I'm at something I'm not enjoying, I go to my happy place, which is remembering Arsenal Cup finals. <laughs> this put me in a place where I was trying to remember Cup finals we'd lost. <laughs> So next time your wife's talking to you, try and pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Especially when they're yeah, invited, yeah. especially when they're going to take you to the theatre. God, anyway, thankfully there was an interval and I got in there and I, she said, you're coming back. I went, no, I've got a lager here and I'm staying with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all those people who asked for us to come back demanded us come Yeah, back. they're regretting it now. Oh, it's, uh, I'm, I can't be bothered to read it, Andrew's anagrams. How can they follow that? <laughs> uh, uh, Leandro Trossard is a popular one for the anagrams. Rod, wow, Ar- yeah. Rod Arsenal Trod, Durian <laughs> Timber, Timber Injurer, uh, <laughs> Clean Cider is my favourite. Clean Declan Cider. Rice. I think there's another uh, Patrick O'Brien. The following is absolutely true, he says. Now, of course, <laughs> that doesn't mean that it is. But as it's a long-standing policy on the Tuesday Club, we don't care if it's true or not. We'll read it out without fact-checking. May 1993, days before the FA Cup final, uh, we beat Sheffield Wednesday in a replay, if you remember, uh, we played Spurs at Highbury. Fielding a highly rotated team, lost 3-1, with the see you next Tuesday scoring the first goal. I believe it meant that Spurs would finish above us in the table, but we had a cup final ahead. We were not as bothered as we'd usually be on losing to the scum. Off we went to the pub, we made arrangements for the Wembley trip. Stumbling out of the 12 pins, or the Finsbury Park Tavern as it was then, an hour or so later, we walked up the Seven Sisters Road. At that point, a coach pulled up alongside us at the traffic lights. We looked up and right next to us, looking down from his window seat, was Teddy himself. Now, we had our colours on, but we didn't think anything of it. We didn't shout abuse or throw anything. Just innocent football fans making our way home. But when we made eye contact with Teddy, were there any provocation whatsoever he looked us up and down with a sneer and gave us a wanker sign as the coach pulled away we just stood there amazed and baffled that a professional footballer would be bothered to dish it out to fans who hadn't even attempted to engage him we didn't react we were stunned he was like a real life jay cartwright from in between us (laughs) (laughs) uglier vainer and less mature if you don't believe in karma consider this that evening was the very last night that Spurs could celebrate finishing above Arsenal for 20 years. 
We didn't react at the time, but we made the point of return of the gesture at every opportunity in the subsequent seasons. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the same gesture the West Ham fans were giving us at the uh, League Cup match a few weeks ago? They were a friendly bunch, weren't they? Yeah, we were right up high up. And uh, (laughs) and they had some of the seats down below us and there was this long flat area that they had to walk across. And they, all of them, to a man, were just giving us a wanker sign. And doing that stupid cross arms hammer sign that they never used to do when we were kids, and now they all do it all the time. They big fat arms going across. <laughs> and we just, I mean, we just look. That one thinks we're a wanker as well. He thinks we're a wanker. <laughs> that one, he thinks we're a wanker. And I she mean, does none, as well. None of us yeah. were doing anything. We just sitting <laughs> just there watching the worst Arsenal performance since Mikel Arteta took over. Uh, can you explain what that? area is in front of you because I, I saw various photos that you I had sent. I is it can't. where the TV was? Was There's it... a massive screen there, yeah. Right. But what, what they didn't, I don't know, they messed it up, didn't they? When they built the Manchester City Stadium for the Commonwealth Games, and they built it with a view to converting it into a football stadium. But they, they didn't know what they were going to do with the, with the Olympic Stadium. And it took years to, in the end, let West Ham have it. It was never built to be converted. It's a disaster, the place. It's yeah. an awful, awful ground. Uh, and it took three body searches to get in as well. That was the bizarre. <laughs> there were dogs there and, you know. It's a walk a mile around the ground. We went inside, came down at half-time for a piss, and there's a women's toilets at the bottom of the steps for five stewards there making sure that no one went in there who was the wrong gender. Uh, Controversial issue these days, of course, let's not get into that. But five stewards making sure no blokes nipped in there for a slash. So eventually we found our way to the the gents, no stewards in sight, and about 500 Arsenal fans going in the entrance and another 500 going in the exit. And when you got inside, honestly, it was like the black hole of Calcutta in there. (laughs) You couldn't couldn't get in, you couldn't get out, you couldn't have a piss. It was clearly... it was. it was actually quite dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> this one steward come down and say, you can't go in, this is the way out. But it's completely inadequate facilities and a genuinely hateful experience. Never, ever, ever go in there again. Yeah, I found it amusing West Ham fans were singing Champions of Europe. I Champions mean, of Europe, from... they're quite funny, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they're quite funny. funny. <laughs> and Europe. I loved them winning that cup, to be honest. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I really loved it. And I, I messaging my mates who are West Ham fans saying, holy shit, you've won that cup. That was brilliant. And, uh, and they're messaging me back going, I'm, Mate, I'm actually crying. <laughs> That's one message I've got. I'm actually, I'm, I'm in front of my television, the tears are running down my face. You know? Excellent. Do you know, the thing with that competition and with the Europa League, and this, I can't, cannot understand you, A, for one bit. They pick a, a small stadium. Now, if you're a boxing promoter, you're thinking, right, West Ham, they're going to bring 25,000 fans. Forangina, probably the same amount, maybe 20. Then you've got your 10. So we need a stadium, 50, 60,000. But not UEFA, they don't think like that. No, we'll have a 25,000 seat. It was inexplicable, but mate, it was it was less inexplicable than making us play Chelsea in Baku in a 50,000 seater, which had about 6,000 fans in it. Half of them were flown in by Abramovich to try and bolster the numbers. And they were giving out Chelsea kits in Azerbaijan. And I mean, that, you know, apart from the fact that Aiden Hazard ran rings around us and we got stuffed. It was a bloody joke. Well, I don't understand football authorities, their thinking. I mean, it's like with the financial fair play. I think there's there's some sort of ball in Some poor guy, it's like a lower low. He's called Pierre. And he goes to wherever the UEFA fish and top man is, which would have been Platini at the time. And he goes, listen, he said, there's so many loopholes in financial fair play. And he's going, oh, Pierre, don't bother me with that. I've got brown envelopes to open here. They don't open themselves. <laughs> And, you know, Pierre, you know, I think he goes, but boss, we've put in financial fair play, but they can do this, they can do that, they can do, you know. And it's like, if you're going to do financial fair play, do it properly. Cut, you know, you take the loopholes out of situations, you know, no more loopholes. <laughs> What's the point of a loophole? Yeah. Well, you know? I know. Uh, 
couple of songs before we knock this on the head. Brendan Fitzpatrick, here is my song. Gabrielle, 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 Gabrielle. And it's a winner, Brendan. I like it. simple. We've got three of them. There's one. I can see he's worked hard on that one. I really like that. Covers three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it very much. My favourite optostat. Oh, we all like an optostat. Oh, don't we? Uh, uh, most touches um, in the Premier League. You know they do. Who's had the most? Which defenders had the most touches? Which midfielders had the most touches? Most touches by a manager, Mikel Arteta. No, no manager. <laughs> As there more touches than, he than Superman. Oh, he, he loves being in the game. He loves he, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday he picked the ball up and it was a wolf's throw and he just chucked it away. He cannot absolutely He can't help himself. He, he cannot help himself. The shithousery is in him and it's got to come. He's out. got C B D is the answer. <laughs> I believe Matt, Matt Letizia is now selling C B D. Is he? Yeah, because he's gone is full. He? He's, he's a bit sad, oh. actually. He's gone full anti-vax. Um, he's an anti-vax nut job. Yeah. And, uh, the anti-vaxxers are now, the anti-vaxxers are now, now COVID's less of an issue, are now looking around for other vaccines to be against. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're anti the measles vaccine for kids. Uh, that really is idiocy of the first order. Yeah. What is their <laughs> argument on having the vaccines? Are they, are they of the... Absolute ignorance, Keith. Uh, Total, it, no. spectacular, <laughs> mind-numbing ignorance of scientific fact. No, Bill Gates is putting <laughs> chips in us. Oh. You see, it's so nanobots, wants to yeah. That's why. He wants to watch my day, does yeah. he? He wants to see me decorating that home. Yeah, he wants Gents. to know when Gents. Linda's been Gents. too loud. Gents. Yeah. We gotta go. Oh, okay. <laughs> See you later. Bye, Bye. Bye. Good to be Bye. back.